BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. is pat mahomes that's closing time my version semisonic what's up airhead addicts chiefs kingdom my name is matt connor singing bad versions of good tunes here with sterling holmes who's always singing good things about i don't know what i'm saying how are you today sterling i'm good man i am good Uh, i I love your intro your voice just really gets me going for a nice little hour-long chiefs talk It, it brings the good vibes you sound like you have a little like rasp or something. I've been doing a lot of radio. I have been talking a lot of stuff. So talking, are you you're talking as much as like Sauce Gardner these days? It's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot going on. But uh, yeah, welcome to the show. We got a lot to talk about with the Chiefs uh, after a troubling performance, but they still got the dub. We got an hour full of stuff for you. Uh, but Sterling, you got some stuff for the crowd, right? Oh, baby, if you guys like to bet, and come on now, I know you guys like to bet. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets right here on DraftKings. You will also be uh, rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is use our code ARROWHEAD. Using our code ARROWHEAD not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use code ARROWHEAD to maximize your first bets and parlays. Offers available only to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Now, um, good job on that. As always, I just want to give you public kudos. I don't want anyone saying, you know, you guys don't appreciate Sterling Holmes enough for all the talking that he does. We do. We do. We love him. I also ate a whole bunch of spicy peanuts right before we went on the show today. And some say that's not great for your your vocal cords. Some say. Folks are saying. Spicy peanuts? Yeah, really good. Like a, what is that? Like, what does that even mean? Like a. It's, they're called sweet and spicy peanuts, dude. I've just only ever had like honey roasted or the salty, you know, out of the shell. You got, all right, you're opening my mind to new things. Anyway, look, if you've been here, if you've been watching or, you know, if you watch the Chiefs, sorry, this whole like peanut thing has me like, I'm like, what is he, what is that? Look, if you watch the Chiefs on Sunday, the thing that we want to break down here is the fact that the offense, look, this offense is sputtering. And here's the thing, look, In week one, the offense looked so bad that we were calling it a fourth preseason game. Then the offense got a little bit better, and they walked away with a road win at Jacksonville. Now, 
Then they go into Chicago and they look, we called it the get right game because they suddenly looked like in mid-season form and we're good again. And then now we're right back to where we were. As with all things, the truth likely lies in the middle of all this. The New York Jets have a wonderful secondary and came in with a tremendous game plan. But there was also clearly something going on with Patrick Mahomes himself. Then there's the stuff going on with the receiving core that's been there all along. And then there was just the fact that Chicago is probably more of a mirage than anything else. So you have multiple factors at work here that are making us go, okay, what's going on with the offense? And we want to name one thing and we want to react to one performance. I have a feeling that what's really going on in the offense is somewhere in the middle of all this. It's hard to peel away just like one layer to talk about here, Sterling. But I guess I want to start with just a few of these factors that I've brought up here. I'm going off script, so I hope you're okay with this. Uh, I want to throw you some curveballs. But to me, to me, you've got to start with the best player in the whole game, Patrick Mahomes. I'm watching this. You know, The only injury of note like on record is an ankle injury. After the game, Andy Reid said there's no other injuries but Cole Christensen. But when I'm watching Patrick Mahomes throw the softest passes maybe I've ever seen him throw, he had two INTs. Let's be honest, there were like three more that could have, should have happened there. I mean, it was it was not pretty on several plays, right? Like, what are you... What were you making of it when you saw it? What were you making of it now, given a few days to think about it? Yeah, let's start with Mahomes first, okay? With Patrick Mahomes, I did think he looked a little injured on his lower body. We know about the ankle, right? Was that bothering him? Same time, if he's playing, you expect him to be the same Patrick Mahomes. He was obviously good enough on that ankle to pick up some crucial third downs with his legs. You know, I don't know if it was a situation where – he was struggling to see. I mean, we, we we joked about Sam Darnold saw ghosts, you know, out there. Maybe he had the ghost of Sam Darnold come into him because that was a bad performance from Mahomes. We have not seen him make throws like that in a while. Uh, not just the two interceptions, but that one where he underthrew the ball. It looked like he got his whole body into it. And it was uh, just a duck. It looked like you or me throwing the rock. It went yeah, 40 yeah. yards. And again, Everyone's liable to have a bad game, but we have not seen Mahomes perform like that since the uh, was the AFC Championship game against the Bengals that second half, right? It was just alarming. I don't think there's anything that I want to dive too deep into here with him because he's been so good for so long. You know, having a bad game is so normal. Quite frankly, when Mahomes does it, it's so abnormal because that's what makes him so great. He very rarely has games like this. But you look around the NFL, Josh Allen looked horrendous week one. Joe Burrows looked horrendous for four weeks. Tua Tagovailoa was looking like the MVP candidate, and then last week, or I guess that was on Sunday, didn't look good at all. I mean, this happens. doesn't matter how great you are. You're going to have a bad game here and there. We have just been so conditioned to never see Mahomes uh, look human that when he does, we're all freaked out. I get what you're saying, but go with me on this one, right? Like Josh, when Josh Allen looks bad, it's because Josh Allen is irresponsibly doing what he can do. He's just doing it like poorly. When I was watching Mahomes on Sunday, it wasn't like, um, it would be different if Mahomes had thrown three interceptions and they were all some variation of the circus that he brings, like trying too hard to thread the needle or like Kelsey ran the wrong way when on one of their like, sort of playground routes, like those kind of interceptions, I get it. And then we could say, oh, he had a bad day 
but you would never be questioning like whether there's something wrong. But in this one, in this one, when I see Mahomes make a throw and it's just, it looks like a Nerf ball instead of like throwing it really hard. When it lacks the zip, the mustard, the whatever you want to say on it, it like it's irresponsible of us. It is irresponsible of us to make unfounded conjecture about what's wrong with a player. So I don't want to fully go there. However, I also want to be responsible to the, I feel like I'm not fully getting the bigger picture here because just saying he was off doesn't account for like the lack of power in a throw. Not about like that throw going somewhere or the scheme had him off or the wide receiver ran the wrong route. It was just like, it didn't look like him even making the throws. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, like, yeah, I get the bad day thing. It just looked like more than that. I don't want to say for sure what I think is more than that because no one knows, but it leaves me there in that middle ground. Do you like, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you disagree? I do. I, I do. Because, again, I, I mentioned the lower body didn't seem to be as involved, although you hear from Collinsworth. And I I talked with Eli Manning. That was a really fun conversation I had with Eli. If you want to check out the Stack in the Box nice. uh, podcast, uh, sat down with Eli. But, you know, I say some of the things Mahomes does, you don't teach. You don't teach uh, a lot of those on-the-run throws. But it's also because, as Manning pointed out, he's so good with his upper body right? He just flicks his wrist and he's used to seeing the ball go there. Well, if you're off at all up top, now this is me talking, not Eli. If you're all, if you're off up top with your arm, that just changes everything because you're not using your lower body. It's like a pitcher in baseball. I don't know if you watch any of the MLB playoffs that just started today. I was watching Tyler Glasnow, right? Incredible pitcher, but he was off today. He just didn't have it. You could see him uh, missing, overthrowing the catcher. I mean, he, he sailed when it looked like Rick Ankiel when he got in his dome at one point. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm golfers sometimes you'll be going great and all of a sudden you just have a bad and you, you don't know what's sure. going on Mahomes might have just had one of those days where he's so used to electrifying defenses and 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 doing what he's used to doing with using his upper body and not his lower body as much he just didn't have it because yeah you're right he, he didn't look right and it, it was just some of those throws that you were so used to seeing him make the the little touch pass was 10 yards short wasn't even close yeah. well you know, if this carries over for a couple of weeks, then I'm going to be concerned. But as it stands right now, every single great quarterback in the NFL currently has had a bad game outside of apparently Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc well let's shift the conversation to the wide receivers here and look 
a loaded room coming out of the preseason. We were like, I hope they keep all seven. At this point, I would deal six of the seven for a for a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeyes, oh. maybe Chick-fil-A. Okay, but that's like that chicken Popeyes sandwich is so good. Popeyes, if you want to sponsor this show, I would I would be so excited I, because I that's why it, I said it. I'm spicy guy. Those ghost pepper wings. Oh mm. Mm. let's just take a minute and picture that. All right, thanks. So look, we're talking wide receivers. There's not a lot to like here. But I also think maybe they're getting an overabundance of like people being dismissive. It's still early in the season. It's a young room. The Jets played a very, very good game plan, by the way. What are you making of this? How concerned are you? Basically, one to 10, how concerned are you? And then what's your biggest concern in that room? Well, the Chiefs were actually pretty good against zone coverage. It looked like against the Jets when the Jets switched to more man coverage. That's when some of the wide receiver separations seemed to arise. I was a little shocked the Chiefs did not stick with Noah Gray, some 12 personnel and running the rock more with Isaiah Pacheco. We'll get on that a little later on the show because I want to focus just on the wide receivers. Now, what I want to bring up to you is Sky Moore. Okay, this is the first the first domino I want to talk about is Sky Moore. Sky Moore played 41 snaps, 59% of the snaps in this game, and he was non-existent, uh, well, for 41 snaps, 59% of this game. Yeah. I like Sky Moore, man. I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not ready to sit here and call him a bust. I think that's way too early. Devontae Adams struggled for his first, what, two years in the NFL. I'm not saying it's Devontae Adams, but I'm saying great Hall of Fame players sometimes take time to get going. We, we always talk about Peyton Manning. If the Colts would have given up on him after his first year, which I think some folks would have probably said, yeah, look at those numbers. They probably should have. Well, we wouldn't be talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback. Sure. So I'm not saying give up on Sky Moore, but the separation, or at least if he is open and Mahomes isn't finding him, whatever is there, there is a disconnect. We were told he was a good route runner, even though he's coming out of a small school. I kept comparing him to Deontay Johnson. We have not seen any of the separation that Johnson has in Sky Moore. And it looks even worse when you see what George Pickens is doing with the Steelers. There are two completely different style players, okay? Two completely different styles. It's not fair to always compare them, but it's going to be compared because of the draft. Sky Moore needs to step up. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he needs to take a, a game off to get recalibrated. I don't know if he doesn't know the playbook. I don't know if it's just in his head at this point. But Sky Moore, the sky is the limit. It's 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 five yards downfield. That's the limit. It's it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to me to see a guy who should be a volume target not being utilized at all. He's taking no pressure off anyone. He's getting decent matchups at times. Uh, now, against the Jets, look – the wide receiver room does not have a great ceiling. The Jets secondary has a high ceiling. They've got the guys. When they go man-to-man, they're going to shut down their guys. They just are. Sky Moore is not going to beat a lot of guys on the Jets in the Jets secondary. He's just not, unless and unless you're relying. And this is true for the deep ball, too. I'm not, I'm not seeing Marquez Valdez scantling. Justin Watson certainly isn't going to beat anyone. But let's, let's, let's not t- just, just say – this game in totality of the four games this year, we've not seen Sky Moore really beat anyone. Correct. Correct. Sky Moore seems dependent upon the play calling, opening something up for him or needing a zone that allows him to find a space within it. Otherwise he's not beating anyone. 
And coming into the league, that was the resume. Oh, he's a small school guy, but yeah, that separation, that route running, it's crisp, it's sharp. He, you know, he'll he'll get open. He's he's and he's a physical too. He can take it. Uh, he can take the hits over the middle. Like he was going to be this volume target. We're just not seeing it at all. And or by the way, how much of this is a lack of trust from Pat Mahomes to these guys? Yeah, I think that's actually a good point because Mahomes has had a lot of time. While the offensive line has been perpetually flagged, I know PFF has not been a fan of the offensive line as a whole this year. What I have seen, though, Mahomes has a lot of time, okay? This is not the Giants' offensive line. This is not the Bengals' offensive line. Either the wide receivers aren't getting open or Mahomes isn't trusting these guys. And I think it's a little bit of a combination here, which I know is a cop-out answer, but you see it. Mahomes has it with... Uh, Kelsey, he had it actually last year with Juju. They could be covered, but he knows exactly where they are going to be, okay? He doesn't have that same feeling of letting the ball loose before they've broken out of the routes like he did with Kelsey and some of the past guys he's played with. That does come with time. Rasheed Rice looks like he's starting to get that sort of connection, but Rasheed Rice is a guy that has to always get one drop out of the way early in the game before he finally gets going. I don't know what that's about. Maybe just first play the game, just throw it to him, have him drop it, and then he goes off because that seemingly is Rasheed Rice MO. But if I told you the snap count situation right here, who do you think led the Chiefs in wide receiver snap count against the Jets? I would have guessed Moore. Uh, Moore was second. Watson. Watson was one. Yeah. MVS was three. Yeah. And my point. My point here is I don't have necessarily this uh, hot take on MVS or Justin Watson necessarily. I think they they are who they are. They are fine. I said going into the year, they are the – it's a, you got to be this tall to ride. You have to be better than these guys to see the field. Well, right now, Sky Moore, uh, Justin Ross, Kadarius Tony have not been better than MVS and Justin Watson. That's why they are playing so much. Now, Rasheed Rice, I think, needs to get an uptick in, in snap count. I think he's starting to uh, deserve this, and he'll probably start eating into Sky Moore's uh, snaps as the season progresses. But when it comes to, let's just say Justin Ross here for a moment, he played, let me pull this back up. I apologize. Justin Ross played four snaps in this game, four snaps. He played 11 on special teams. So he's obviously getting used on special teams. Yeah. Do you think we will start seeing more Justin Ross? Because so far we have not seen him hardly at all. I don't know. I mean, from the very beginning of the season, look, the chief said, as these guys are able to be trusted, as they learn more, as they're able to handle more, we will give them more. And that was including Rasheed Rice, and that was Ross. It was about those two in particular. We've seen Rice earn more. We have not seen Ross earn more. And to me, if the Chiefs want to reward Ross for earning it, they will give it to him. They haven't. So I'm assuming behind the scenes there are concerns with having Justin Ross like take up a rep in the middle of the field. That said – when I'm looking at these other guys who are getting the reps, I'm going, they're not getting the job done. So why not see if someone else can get the job done? I don't want to slight Justin Watson that much because he's such a, you know, he's not expensive. He's, he's, he's actually caught some great passes this year. He was brought in to be basically a break in case of emergency. Cause he can play all three positions. He's a special teamer. Yeah. I, yeah. It's like blaming someone who, keeps getting on the field because no one else is taking that spot. He keeps getting snaps because no one else below him is coming up to take those snaps away. And by the way, this was Watson's first, if you want to say bad game, his first bad game. The first three games, he has been maybe the most consistent wide receiver on this team. A surprising one. 
And but to me, MVS is the issue because I and I like MVS. I I like he showed up big time for the Chiefs at key moments, including the postseason last year when they needed someone. But the problem here is that he's being paid thirty million dollars over three years. He's got a decent sized contract. He's he's a tall, deep threat who can't go up and get it and also can't really get open. I mean, you got to scheme him open in a way he's dependent upon the quality of a play or maybe a, a lesser defender in order to get that done. So the, the Chiefs went the Chiefs went front. Look, here's the thing. Two years ago, a year and change ago, when you have Tyreek here and Kels here and then bit parts, every team had to defend the Chiefs a certain way. You had to. Because if you tried other things, you're screwed, man. They will they will run you over. So the whole league adapts to this style of play. And then we get rid of all these pieces. We get rid of some of these familiar faces. The the Tyreek trade worked out for both parties. We won a Super Bowl, whatever. The Chiefs defense is stocked. I'm not saying we shouldn't have traded Tyreek, but here's what I'm saying. When you lose all those pieces and then Travis Kelsey maybe is getting older or came into the season injured. How dare you? Kelsey will never age. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The Jets went zone. The Jets went man. They were doubling Kelsey or they not double. They were doing whatever they want. In other words, the defense, the defense dictated the tone of the game when the Chiefs were on offense. That allowed them to mix it up a ton more against an offensive line that if you watch them, they all looked hella confused. What used to happen is the Chiefs imposed their will on the defense and kept the defense hella confused. Can I use that? Is that like a 90s term? Well, yeah, what in, the, what in the 2003 Jersey Shore is going love on it. right I now? I love man. it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 29. I can do that. So, look, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying the Chiefs have dealt away via their personnel decisions. They've dealt away establishing the tone. When you don't get the Sky Moore pick, maybe right, or when, or when you go too young or – when you when you offer a veteran like DeAndre Hopkins two million and the chance to chase a ring, and another team goes, we'll pay him a lot more than that, and he goes for that. When you choose to go cheap, when you choose to not make a high level investment, when you choose to let Patrick Mahomes elevate everyone's stock, what you're doing is you're giving away the tone setting edge on offense. You're saying, fine, set the tone. We'll still beat you, and they did. They did. They still won. However, what we're seeing is this sputtering because the defense is is confusing the line, is messing with timing, no young players looking good in the interim, no trust is being established, and we're looking at this room going, get someone in there so that we can start to set the tone again. What I find interesting, and I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, but the Chiefs just play just – Face probably the best defense in the NFL with the Jets. The Chiefs sit here at three and one. The Chiefs are very young at a lot of positions, especially on offense. And we're acting like this is just an absolute debacle. Now, the other side of me says, all right, but you beat the Jets, you beat the Bears, you lost to the Lions, and you beat the Jags. That's not the Bills. That's not the Bengals. That's not the 49ers. That's not the Eagles. That's not the Miami Dolphins. That's hell, that's the name of the Chargers. So part of me is sitting here going, all right, they're three and one. Are we overreacting with some of the wide receiver plays so far? And the other Maybe. part of me says, you know what? We also haven't played great competition, and we, all, we haven't seen a ton of growth from these guys just yet. Look, look, 
if if you go through the look, it's early, but if you go through the NFL draft order for next spring right now, number one Bears, number two Bears because they own the Carolina pick. Number th- uh, the Jet in the top six, you have the Jets, you have the Vikings, you have the Raiders, you have the Broncos, and you have the Bears picking twice. In other words, every beeping team that the Chiefs are gonna play in the front half of the schedule is picking it like atop the draft. They're playing no one right now. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing no one respectable right now, and, and that's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, your job is to stack wins, and your job. And I always say, yep. but before Thanksgiving, it doesn't necessarily matter, right? You just want to get as many wins as possible. Yep. Then, when you hit about Thanksgiving time, you know what your team is for that. For the most part, you know what your team is. You know what you can build off of. What you need to work on. That's what I think matters at this point. Again, beating the Jets by three points is ugly but you don't apologize for ugly wins. Now, right. I, 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 I find myself conflicted. I, I, I really do. Because half of me just keeps saying, Sterling, you were excited about the wide receivers going into the season. You were excited about the potential of these guys. The Chiefs have spent multiple second-round draft picks and what was a former first-rounder in Kadarius Toney. We know about the upside of Justin Ross. If you were excited, why are four games in, you're all of a sudden out? And part of me wants to just pump the brakes and say, you know, you can't be that excited during OTAs. You can't be that excited during training camp. You can't be that excited during the preseason about seven guys. Then you see four games and all of a sudden you say they're all busts. Every single one of them. It just seems too dramatic to me. So I I don't know where you are here, Matt, but I'm kind of trying to pump the brakes on me because I find myself so angry during games or at least confused during games saying, where was this? During training camp and preseason, these guys were cooking everyone. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I think I think you're right, and I think like it's 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 important for us to stay responsible in our approach. We need some nuance here. It's, your dog is agreeing with me, by the way. Uh, you, and see, with you. see, uh, I have the dog in the house while you got that dog in you, Matt Connor. Dude, I I said nuance, and he's like, "Yes, rough. Look, yes, they're young. Yes, the season is young." The Chiefs are in first place in the AFC. Like, let's get some perspective here. Do we trust this coaching staff to do uh, to bring them along? Yes. Do I trust Pat Mahomes to develop trust with them? Yes, I do. At the same time, you're also reacting the way that you are, despite just four games, like you said, because you've watched those four games. You've watched 60 minutes of these guys stalling out drives running the wrong route, not being in the right place, dropping the ball in week one, whatever. I still have hope in a few elements here. Rasheed Rice is looking good. I Like overall, it's a good body of work, and that makes me very happy that he's here for the next four years. Kadarius Toney, when he's on the field and getting targets, he is absolutely electric and great. We love that. Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey. Can move the chains. Would have had a much better stat line if not for some of these ridiculous penalties along the along the offensive line. So there are pass catchers here. And I think, honestly, Veach will go shopping. I think we'll get one more. I, I want to say something that I think, not not a hot take. Andy Reid knows more than us. We, we've, we always like to throw the disclaimer out here. Let's be real now. Andy Reid, sure. way more than us. But do you want to see even more 12 personnel? Do you want to see even more of the Chiefs, even with Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback, running the football with Isaiah Pacheco? 
I know in the past we've said, yeah, run the ball, run the ball. The Chiefs have actually ran the ball a decent amount. But I'm sitting here going, you know what? Pacheco's been really effective on the ground. Yep. I mean, that was what the offense had going for them in this game. Seriously, that, that's what they had going for them in this game was Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. And even just some of those short passes to him, yep. that was getting the offense going. You saw Noah Gray on the field at the same time as Travis Kelsey. Kelsey took the pressure off. Noah Gray uh, was uh, ran a nice little post route for a touchdown. Do we need to see some more 12 personnel? Maybe say, hey, these wide receivers, they're not cutting it right now. Until you guys show us you're going to step up, let's throw a couple other tight ends out there. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely on that one. Um, it goes back to what we were just saying earlier. If your offense can't establish the tone, at least in the way that you used to with wide receivers aplenty, et cetera, then yeah, establish a different tone. If that's what you have to do, the Chiefs can impose their what Look at that. Look at that front line, man. Look at that front line. Trey Smith is a mauler. You have a couple pro bowlers in there. You've got very you got um you've got some some veterans who are definitely above average players on on the outsides there and Jawan Taylor and uh I mean you know he's got some issues for sure but Donovan Smith like you have a very quality line left to right with a wonderful interior use it to your advantage uh, yeah I don't get it I'm with yeah. you yeah, let's talk some positives, though, for a second, because it sounds like we're being very negative right now. And again, the Chiefs, look up the AFC right now. Right. They're, right. they're there. You know, every team struggles, especially early in the year. The Chiefs don't have that bad loss yet. The Cowboys, I know it's NFC, but the Cowboys got crushed by Arizona. The Bengals look like they are floundering, right? 27-3 loss to the Titans. Uh, the Bills looked horrendous week one. The Dolphins, who the NFL crowned as the best team in the NFL just a week ago, now we're in San are they done for like sometimes the overreactions are so extreme and what do you look at in the AFC the Chiefs still there okay with a lot of teams not playing their starters in the preseason you're gonna see slower starts you're gonna see more variation the Chiefs while they play their starters a lot in the preseason it's still not like they're playing every single game okay so you're still getting your legs underneath you you know I was talking to Bill Moss uh yesterday on Monday actually and, you know, I said, what are your thoughts? That should, should players play more in the preseason? He goes, you know, if you want to see the better teams rise to the top early, you, you're going to want to see the, the, the players play because that's how you get your game shape. That's how you get your legs underneath you. Yeah, there's always going to be injury concerns, but that's something that each team has to kind of weigh the opportunity for because you're looking earlier on in the, in the NFL right now, how many great players who didn't play in the preseason are now getting injured? Would they have gotten injured if they played in the preseason? Would they have been uh, more game ready and maybe battle tested if they played? Maybe they wouldn't be injured now. You'll never know, but I think it's a fair point. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I don't want to be so down. I don't feel down about the Chiefs, and maybe I should make that clear. That as much as we're talking about negative things, I don't feel the Chiefs are three and one. They they face a, a bunch of cupcakes coming up. There's no reason that they can't be seven and two. Eight, eight and two by midseason, you know, and dominating at that. Let's talk about the defense then, because that, that that is definitely something that I think everyone can get excited about. Adam Best had a nice little tweet out there uh, that said the list of players with more pressures than George Karloftis after four weeks. Aiden Hutchinson, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack, who just had six sacks. That's it. That's that's the list. I mean, that's the master class of the NFL. I mean, that's the that's your list of perennial pro bowlers. 
You have Carl Loftus, who's coming into his own alongside Chris Jones, the consistently underrated Mike Dana. Uh, Derek Nottie back to being the Derek Nottie we know and love. You have the smattering of FAU. You have one of the best linebacker rooms in the entire NFL. And oh, by the way, Nick Bolton, your normal green dot, has been out the past two weeks. You have a plethora of talent and, and versatility and depth in the secondary. This Chiefs defense right now, in my opinion, is top five of the NFL. Now, I understand giving up 20 to the Jets doesn't look good, but let's be real. That safety, come on. And not only that, how about the face mask? It was a face mask on Brees Hall, not a horse collar. You think the Jets are picking up first and 30? Come on. Not And, you know, Zach Wilson had that amazing drive, taking nothing away from Zach Wilson because he looked really good. He looked really good. But – the defense was in good position. Zach Wilson just went Super Saiyan mode. I mean, he like yeah. I mean that throw in the end zone. I think it was Brian Cook. It Brian made, Cook was draped all over him. It looked like he even got a hand on the football. Like he, like I think he touched that pass and still, yeah. So, so I'm sitting here going, all right, maybe the Chiefs have some issues at wide receiver, but what they focused this offseason, the base of the past two offseasons on, is the defense that is paying off. Yeah. Sometimes you can say, all right, you're not going to have the best. Uh, core, the best group at every single spot. But this defense right now is looking electric, and I think this is legitimately something they can keep up all year long. Yeah, I I do too. Remember, they get a Minahue back in just a couple weeks, which is going to be great. Nick Bolden, you know, hopefully he's back this week. They would have put him on IR if, if they expected him to miss four games. He's already missed two, but they've kept him in that valuable roster spot. So you got to expect he's going to be back probably this week. Uh, at least we hope. Look, but you know, here's the thing, or the other good, the other good piece of news. I was going to say the silver lining of all the positions that you can help at the trade deadline. I would argue only running back would be easier to find help than wide receiver. We've seen a ton of veteran wide receivers available for trade at the draft, every winter, at the trade deadline. Last year, we grabbed Kadarius Toney. It, it's going to be totally possible to do it again. And it might it might not be like a number one guy. It might not be anyone inspired that makes you go, yeah, now we want a Super Bowl. But, but it will be at least someone else to put in that room to see how it would work. I don't know how it will be. But in other words, it won't cost the Chiefs a lot to try to work with that. Now, if today we were sitting here going, our linebackers are getting burned left and right. What can we do at the trade deadline? You do nothing. You can't, <laughs> you can't do anything because everyone else is like, you know what I'd love? I'd love a good linebacker play too. Good luck finding it. Right. So yeah. yes, to me, that's the rub of all the roster concerns. We have one of the easiest to fill. And other than that, I'm looking at this team going, uh, you're set. You're set till February, dude. You're set here. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I've seen some names. I know folks want Kyle Pitts, and don't get me wrong. I would love to see Kyle Pitts just fill in whenever Travis Kelsey retires. But Atlanta's not trading Kyle Pitts unless, unless you give him a King's Ransom. I know they misuse him, but they also understand what they have in Kyle Pitts. Your best bet is when his contract is up, uh, not this year. He has, what, two more years left? 
He was a first-round pick. He's played three years. He's in his fourth season now. That would be your best bet of getting Kyle Pitts. And quite frankly, you know, that's two more years of Travis Kelsey. Is that is that the timing? Is that lining up? That could be pretty intriguing to me. But as far as wide receivers go, you know, you, you mentioned it. You're not getting T. Higgins. You're not. You think the Bengals are going to give you T. Higgins? No. First off, the Bengals will, I think, I think, figure it out. They did this last year as well. They'll be fine. So I'm trying to not have this sh- short-term memory over here. Um, you know, the Bills aren't giving you Gabe Davis. The Bucks right now are three and one. They're not giving you Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. No. So you're right. You're going to be looking down saying, hey, who who's floundering right now? Is it someone on the Panthers? Is it is it Adam Thielen? Is Adam Thielen going to be coming available as they sit at 0-4? Uh, is Darnell Mooney you know, the Bears are 0-4. They got DJ Moore. Is Darnell Mooney even in their future? Right. Chase Claypool. I don't think Chase Claypool has much left in the tank now, but you put him on a good team. What what does that look like? Does his, uh, which is not necessarily a good thing, but does his interest level ramp up? You know, th- these are just some names I'm throwing out. Yeah. I, I don't think like Amari Cooper. Like I, I know people like the Browns aren't looking good right now, but they're not giving you Amari Cooper. I, I'm trying to think of those almost C-level maybe on the cusp of wide receiver two type of players. That's what I'm thinking at right here. I, I think you're right. I, th- I think um, I think you're right to bring up Mooney uh, or Claypool. The, um, the Bears are just an obvious target. Uh, I called my shot on Twitter yesterday. I think if, if, if the Chiefs make any sizable move, I think it's, I think it's Hollywood Brown. I think oh. it's Hollywood Brown from the, from the Arizona Cardinals. Look, he is what you want some of these other guys to be. He is a proven volume target. Um, He's played for the Ravens offense. Think about what that is. And then out in the desert in Arizona. He's, that's who he's played for. He had 150 targets from Lamar Jackson just a few years. He can handle volume. He can handle plenty of volume. So, yeah, he's going to be a free, he's going to be a free agent. He's still only 26. Like the Cardinals aren't going anywhere. They're going to well, want to I don't know, him. man. Josh Dobbs is looking pretty damn good. I, <laughs> I get Josh Dobbs is not the guy, but I do have to tip my cap to that guy because, man, he is putting on an incredible performance. He's a veteran now, getting a legit opportunity before Kyler Murray comes back. And, dude, Dobbs has played great. He's played really, really good. The Cardinals overall have played more competitively than I thought they would anyone. I mean, I thought they would just roll over to every team. They're rolling over to every team, but it's not like an automatic win every week. Uh, but look, the, the Cardinals are going to be out of it. It's not the same people who traded for Brown who are now currently in place. So you have the regime with no ties to him. They're going to want to make their own picks for their own guys. Hollywood cost a first-round pick in the first place, but I but I don't think it would require – I, I think it would take a day-two pick to get Brown. You would have to sign him long-term. I think that's fine. I'm okay with paying a wide receiver $20 million a year because the market is now 30 thanks to Devontae. And so to me, you trade for Hollywood Brown. He's just now hitting his, his, uh, he's like 26. So he's starting to hit those prime years. He's got a lot in front of him, proven volume target. To me, he makes a lot of sense. You mentioned Mooney. Sterling Shepard could be had for probably nothing. Mm. If, if you just wanted to trade a bag of, a bag of footballs and, and a um, you know a Taylor Swift autograph to the New York Giants. You know I'm sure we could work that out, and you know Sterling Shepard or or someone like that because they're going south too. But yeah, you know like those are the guys to me who are out there. 
Yeah, Hollywood Brown is 26, as you mentioned. He is entering his final year of his rookie contract, getting paid just over 13 mil per year right now. Um, I, I don't know my thoughts about him long term. I, I, I don't know how much I would I'd want to pay him 20 million versus some other guys you might be able to have for around that sure. price. But I think that's obviously a very, very intriguing name. I want to talk about the offensive line. You know, I said they've been fined outside of penalties, but come on now. We can't just gloss over the right. obscene amount of penalties, especially with a number 74. It's just, it's like a commercial you can make with the referees just calling out the number 74. It's like you're at a deli in New York and you're not listening. <laughs> like a 93-year-old who can't hear is just sitting there going, number 74. 74. It's Are the marble 74? rye. I need a marble rye. Uh, that was That's a great voice, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. That was good. I, I, I see what you're doing there, Connor. But yeah. again, Jawan Taylor is getting penalized time and time again. What do the Chiefs do with the highly paid for a year? 20 mil per right tackle. I want to defend Jawan Taylor because he's a, actually a good pass blocker. Mm-hmm. He... I like the way he's owned up to his errors. I like him in the media. Yeah. I like, I want to like the fact that Brett Veach trusted him to do it in the first place. I mean, Brett Veach is the one who, who signed his name off on the deal, you know, saying, forget Orlando Brown. This is the guy I want for 20 million a year for four years. I, I want to take my trust in Veach and project it upon a Juwan Taylor. At the same time, I've been saying this for a few weeks now. And then, Man, when I see that flag come out, the Chiefs had to work so hard for every first down. Things are not offensively automatic anymore. They're just not. It takes more effort than ever. And when this team has some sort of careless error, untimely uh, untimely issue, I, it, it just drives me bananas. It happened to Trey Smith, too. It's happened to Donovan Smith, too. You know, we're seeing some of these guys, but especially Jawan Taylor. Uh, it's just, it's maddening. It's maddening for the players. It's maddening for the coaches. You see it on their faces. It's demoralizing. And if Patrick Mahomes is having maybe some health issues, it doesn't help to like scramble for 15 yards and lunch for that first down and then hear penalty. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's like, it's just that much harder on the body. So, you know, I, 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 I'm still hopeful long-term it will work out. In the short-term, though, I got to admit, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what to make of it. I will say Orlando, Orlando Brown Jr. did look like two scoops of ass for the Bengals this weekend, so it's not like that would have been any better on the left side. Donovan Smith, we knew he's going to be penalized, okay? I, I went through it when he came here, when he signed. Even when he had some really good years, he was always a heavily penalized player. This is nothing new. Yeah, Jawan Taylor, this is a little new phenomenon and now part of it is he was doing the same thing in jacksonville and no one cared because it was jacksonville but you're now in kansas city eyes are on you okay i don't care that people are pissed at chris collinsworth let's be real now the refs are going to start calling this either way collinsworth doesn't have the sway of sitting in the booth and said hey refs you better call this like collinsworth is he loves watching the chiefs play let's be real he always talks about mahomes and the great things that he does this is on Jawan Taylor to fix it. And a lot of me thinks this is mental. Okay. I know that Andy Reid did the whole thing in the in the Bears game, taking him out, lining guys up farther back to see if they would throw the flag, and they did it. I get it. But if they are going to throw the flag against Jawan Taylor, you have to adjust. End of the day, 
you have to, whether you are literally looking over at the referee before every single snap, giving the thumbs up, making sure you're okay. As you see wide receivers do, I'm not kidding. Then do it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if it's costing you five yards time and time again, extra hits on Mahomes, do it. Give the thumbs up. Make sure you're in line. Just yeah. do it because he is in his head right now. I firmly believe that. And that's hard to get away from when you've been doing the same thing for four plus years to all of a sudden middle of the season or start of the season, four games in to try to adjust, to try to adjust. That's a very difficult proposition. Yeah. My hope is that this week is his own get right week. Look, the, the Vikings front is not good. It is like that pass rush is not good. They are not good up front. They have a good secondary. They're going to work out, but it, it's going to be a tougher game than what the records would indicate. However, um, Jawan Taylor should have it easier. He's going to play much better pass rushers and defensive ends over the course of the season. I'm hoping that this is the week that we don't hear his name called. And that's a good game when those guys don't hear their name called. And the thing is, is he's talented enough. And yeah. we've talked about it. He's, a, he's actually been a, a, a good pass blocker. It's the penalties and run blocking, which we knew, but it's the penalties. He doesn't have to do this. He is athletic enough. He's quick enough. He's strong enough. Yeah. It's just going to be an adjustment period. We'll see how long it takes. Um, but yeah, something has to change because doing the same thing over and over again and then expecting to not be called clearly is not working a uh, couple questions uh or at least a couple comments right here i see sean says sherman didn't think the sauce hold should have been called daniel says sherman is biased because he's a defensive player what were your thoughts here you know i had some friends uh, who were jets fans message me post game um they asked me my thoughts on it i i thought that uh it was on the softer side of of a penalty against sauce Gardner compared to what we have seen during that game. You know, if that happened against Trent McDuffie, I think I'd probably be a little bit upset as well. End of the day, the refs were bad and the NFL is so hard to ref. You have the fastest, largest human beings running full speed. You're looking right. for 37 different things. You saw bad calls the entire game. As we mentioned, the Derek Nottie, uh horse collar that shipped a face mask, uh, face mask on Brees Hall. Uh, you saw holding penalties, which it looks like no one ever knows what a holding penalty is. You know, it looked <laughs> like number 11 for the Jets is getting held by Donovan Smith. And then you see all these former offensive linemen say, no, you can hold in between there as long as you're not on the outside. So maybe it wasn't a hold. You know, refs have it hard. What would you have done in that situation? Do you think that Sauce Gardner and these defensive players have a right to be a little bit upset by that? I guess, you know, some of those guys really felt like it affected the game more than it did. Mm-hmm. It was disproportional. Look, they're going to be that way. Uh, f- fans are going to be that way, right? As a fan, I'm not concerned about the Jets' point of view. I'm not a Jets fan. <laughs> I don't I don't give a shit about the Jets. So you know what? They're not slighted anyway. Only my team is slighted. I mean, like, the whole idea of being a fan is to be one-sided, literally. So I don't blame fans when they blame the refs. They're supposed to. They're supposed to. They're supposed to cheer for everything in that direction, and then blame everything else in the other direction. That's what being a fan is all about. Now, it doesn't mean you're an educated fan or a right fan. It just makes you a fan. In terms of players, look, man, I I don't understand. I don't understand not taking the high road. You you just can't. It's just it's part of the experience of refs will affect a game. It is unfair. They're human. Home team makes a difference. 
um, or at least like a home crowd or whatever. I would. Th- so look, man, honestly, it's they have a thankless job. Yeah. If you're a pl- if you're a player, you just got to learn to say, "We look forward to the pleasure of playing." The blah 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 blah. You just gotta you gotta say the PR stuff and keep it in. Uh, but in this day and age, you can say something on social media, and suddenly it's you know it's out there. Yeah, I don't know how this would help Sauce Gardner, who I think is a very talented player. I just think he's upset, and I, again, I understand being upset when you feel this way. It was, I think, one that if it wasn't called, I don't know how many Chiefs fans would be actually up in arms over. Um, but you can't say it because you think this is going to help your case with the refs? You think refs are going to be like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that, that, that loves us. Now 50-50 calls might be 70-30 calls going again, right? right? Like any, right. So I, I never understood that. I think it's so hard to ref. And again, throughout the course of the game, when people always focus on the penalties at the very end, to me, what you're saying is anything that happened prior does not matter. So what you're saying is the nine points, the nine points, the safety and the mm-hmm. eventual would have been first and 30, but no, now you're on the 29 of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? That doesn't matter. Those points didn't, those didn't equate. Only what happens at the end of the game matters. And that to me, I, it doesn't sit well with me. Because at that point, why not just turn the game on with two minutes left? I right. hate I don't like that argument. So uh, that's where I'm at on penalties. I think it's a hard, thankless job, as you mentioned. Sometimes I even do try to give refs credit as much as I can because I understand how hard it really is. Yeah, let's let's be honest. We it's more like Lost Gardner if we're if we're being honest. Well, if you're sauce, you don't want that salty man. That's going to be horrible. That's a salty sauce. By the way, his his real first name is A Mad Gardner, so he's supposed to be angry. All the time. Ahmad is his real name, but, you know, it's spelled Ahmad. Anyway, that's so horrible. Yeah. By the way, kudos. Can we, can we, can we, since, since some announcers did not want to give him credit, I just feel like I want to at least give 10 seconds of credit. Zach Wilson looked so good for a longer stretch than I ever thought I'd see. It's such a, Weird story. The whole thing, his whole time in New York, it's happened to several quarterbacks in New York now, Sam Darnold, etc. When I saw him doing well, first I was just pissed at what I was seeing because I was like, it, which by the way, I'm watching the Chiefs defense on that drive, even in replay. I'm watching them thinking, we have a great defense. Like they <laughs> were in great position. They couldn't do anything else. But man, Zach Wilson was working some real magic. And it made me just think, I hope that guy gets a real chance and real backing because he's got the goods. He's got them. I hope he does because I thought he was going to be pretty good when he was drafted. But I also got fooled by his BYU tape in that uh, that pro day where he made that one throw. And I'm sitting here going, holy shnikes. But no, what it comes down to is, and I have a philosophy here. I think why quarterbacks play well against the Chiefs he didn't start playing well until they got down 17-0, okay? No. You're not expected to win. You're not. And so checkdowns aren't going to cut it. So you have to just go in and say, you know what? I'm just going to throw it. I'm going to do what got me here. And all these guys are NFL quarterbacks, and there's a reason why they made it to the NFL. There's a reason why he was drafted second overall. So I'm sure he just goes, you know what? I'm, I'm done checking the ball down. I'm done handing it off for a two-yard gain. I'm going to let it fly, and if it gets picked off, it gets picked off. Justin Herbert against the Chiefs does the same thing. You see it all year long. He's throwing check downs to Austin Eckler. What to do against the Chiefs? 
throws it deep. Yeah. Opens it up. You, you see it week in and week out because teams know you can't beat Kansas City with checkdowns. So they go, you know what? We're going to go down swinging. They take the shots. And at times, NFL quarterbacks make NFL throws. That is what I think happens. Yeah, it was it was it was really something to see. Look, man, when he was at BYU, he got drafted so early. They had the devil may care attitude. He just went out there and just did his thing. And I think he just knew. He's like, look, if I suck Trevor Semyon's here next week, it's over. And then we're already down 17 nothing. Like what like what do I have to lose? And then it it was yeah. So I just want to say good on him and it sucks that some people can't even say he had a good game. I mean yeah, it, yeah it's some of that all right, Richard, get in here. Get in here, Richard. It's time for the must list. What's up? We're back. Richard, let's hear your semisonic. Let's hear. What are you talking about? Semisonic. Closing My, time. Oh, uh, no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I do love that band. Shut I just I can't. I'm not going to sing on command. I'm not going to sing on command for you, Connor. I can't even think of the words right now as soon as you asked me that. So, uh, no, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, well, welcome to the must list. This is our part of the show where we bring in our esteemed producer, Richard, uh, which, by the way, you're growing the stash back. I like it. I'm trying. I'm trying. I can't I can't compete with Sterling. That guy shows up on a Tuesday shaving and then on a Wednesday, he has a full mustache. It's insane. Is it's like he's true? using miracle. I don't even I think so. I've told myself it's true. Are you using Chia Chin? Is that what, what is it's he, like? What's a secret? Is it Miracle Bro? What's going on there? What are you noticing? It It looks very green. Green, yeah. yeah. It's actually it's like the clapper, but for for your mustache. It's a whole bunch of old commercials where I go clap on, clap off the mustache. I just saw it grow an inch. I just saw it grow an inch. Audio podcast. Okay, I have a basketball game. Okay, we got the playoffs. I got to get there in in a second. So my must list this week is ACDC's album Highway to Hell. So, yeah, but not just the song. Okay, the entire album. Last one with Bon Scott. Girls got rhythm. Walk all over you. She got the touch. The touch. Yes. Much. Uh, beating around the bush. Just how you know Richard came in here. Just to you, Matt Connor. You got shot down in flames. Hell of a song. That song kicks so much ass. If you want blood, you've got it. Night Prowler, Love Hungry Man is actually kind of a really bad song. That song kind of sucks. But 9 out of 10 is a great album. So give me a Highway to Hell, 9 out of 10 songs. Uh, last one with Bon Scott. Give it to me. Uh, that's great. Richard, what do you got this week? Uh, actually, I have another Australian band. Uh, they're a little more current. So everyone keep an eye out uh, for Alien Nose Job. I saw these guys about two weeks ago at the Empty Bottle. They're like a simple garage rock band. It's led by Jake. He's just the single guy who writes all the songs. But he's assembled a, a, a you know a whole group of Midwestern musicians to help him out during his tour. And I want to tell uh, the KCMO folk he is playing at Howdy. This Thursday, October 5th, 10 to $15, uh, door seven, show eight, all ages. So check it out if you want to see some really cool Australian garage rock. It's nothing too weird, too. Don't worry. It's not a weird Richard Muscles. It's just normal garage rock. <laughs> Howdy. Howdy. Speaking of concerts, I'm leaving right after this to go see. This will be my must list. I'll recommend them in general. One of my favorite bands of all time, and I've never seen them, Broken Social Scene. Have you guys heard? I have. I thought you were going to say Blonde Redhead because you wrote that on the on the, on the the show oh, sheet. Oh, 
I did, but I was going to go see Broken Social Scene tonight. And I I've thought it was four non-blondes is what you were going well, with. Well, I, I made a joke on top of his his recommendation. I wrote oh, three non-blonde redheads. So yes. everyone who's listening right now, we have a show sheet. We have <laughs> how we know sometimes what we're going to talk about. I know that sounds like a mumbo jumbo, just discombobulated mess. But no, this is a, a, a real professional show where we actually do have a show sheet. You the broken it. social scene. You're, you're you listening. To, tell tell the audience about broken social scene. They rule. Oh my gosh. It's like, Sterling, do you know BSS? Do you know them at all? BSS. No, no, no. I do broken not. Broken social. Okay. It's like, uh, it's like a super group of, like if you've heard like metric, if you, uh, like, like Emily Haynes is a part of it and Oh gosh, you Nico Case. No, Nico Case is with New Pornographers. That's New Pornographers, yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, it's like Kevin Drew and Brennan Canning from Do Make Say Think and Stars, the members of Stars and the band Tort Campbell and uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Emily- You're doing better than me. Amy Milan is in that too. Anyway, it's it's like several people who are both solo artists and have their own thing, and they all come together under Broken Social Scene, and they've been together for like 25 years, and every album is a fucking genius i just love it so anyway they're touring the 20th anniversary of one of their albums and they'll play some other things and which I, album you know, is that i want to hear it's i think it's you forgot it in people maybe that's a good one holy crap oh yeah. Right. Uh, yeah dude so uh yeah there's a big night for me big night for me you guys well big night for me as we have the basketball playoffs if you're asking what does my game resemble imagine kyle corver mixed with jr smith Mixed with Jordan Clarkson, okay. Uh, love to just shoot the ball, man. I, I I have never seen a shot I don't like. I'd chuck that rock up there, okay. That's Are you my JJ goal. Redick. Yeah, a little JJ Redick, but you know I also got a little more movement in my game, okay. I got a nice little jab step, Matt. Oh. Come on. I still got a little athleticism left in me at 29. Uh, just how I think the Chiefs have a lot of athleticism in there, and they're going to end this year. Calm down, everyone. It's three and one. Offense is going to be fine. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Matt Connor, Richard, thank you to everyone in the chat. We always appreciate you. If you guys want to drop us a five-star review, we do appreciate that a ton. We'll read your guys' nice comments, even your mean words, maybe. We might do it. Please don't leave mean words. Matt can't handle it. So until next time, we are out.